Well, you might be asking yourself, who is Christy Hollis? Let me tell you a little bit about myself. I'm very loud, and I never apologize for it. I've trained my children how to be loud. I've even taught Greg, well, he'll never be loud. But I've, you know, loud, it's just who, my mother's loud. And so she taught me how to be loud. And uh, I don't apologize for that. Loud gets your attention, as so does a whisper. But I'm loud. I love dogs. I love animals. If I was married to a different man, I would have so many dogs, it would make, your, it would make the house stench. But I'm married to Greg, so we have two. We have one dog that even when you walk through the house, you're covered. You don't even have to pet him. You're covered. We have another doggy that has to wear a pee pad. He's only five. He's not, he doesn't, you know, he's not old. He's just naughty. But those two dogs are worth everything to me. Poor Greg. Pray for him. He's praying that they go to doggy heaven really fast. I love color. One of my favorites, and I, you know what? I really love animal print, as you can tell. I, my whole house is animal print. It's, it's everything to me. Every time I go to something, I go directly to the animal print. And you know, for a while it went out. And I remember the day that my kids came to me and said, Mom, animal print isn't, it's really not in anymore. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sad. And then guess what? It's back in. <laughs> And I get to wear it and do it all the time. I love animal print. Anyways, I love color. I went through my, you know, I, my kids will call in and they'll say, Mom, we're painting our house. I'll go, great. What color? White. They'll say, Isaiah will call and say, Mom, I'm painting my living room. Great. What color? White. I'm like, didn't I teach you well? I went through my house last night. And my house, I have 31 colors in my house. <laughs> and my kids paint their house white. What is wrong with this? They came against me. 31 colors. <laughs> I love, I love flowers. Spring is one of my favorite seasons. I love when everything comes to life. The dead comes to life. I, I adore it. My favorite thing to do is to go to the Amish farm behind me and to do all of my pots of flowers. And this year I took Roman and London and said, this is design day. You get to design two of Mookie's pots. And uh, I love planting. I love, I just love the outdoors. My father was a great outdoors person. And I uh, just love to be outside. My favorite, I, I'm on my back patio from April to as long as I can go into the winter months. I just, I love, I love all of that. I love people. I love to get as deep as I can with you as soon as I can. I never want to be, and somebody, somebody said this to me a long time ago, and I, it has stuck in my mind. I never want to hug you looking for the next person. I want to hug you, allowing you to know that you have my full attention. And I, I tell you, I have lived by that, and everybody makes, you know, everybody, uh, not makes fun, but it, my, hug is, my hug is very important to me, and I... I, uh, I do that because I love people. 
I love you. I pray for you all the time. I love who God has brought into this house so that we can love on each other. So next time you do life, don't do it looking for the next person. Spend some, spend some time on the person that you're with. It matters. And most of all, this woman right here, I love Jesus. I love him with all my heart. My biggest thing of the day when I go to bed at night is I want to make sure that anybody that I encountered was drawn a little bit closer to who Jesus is. And uh, that's very important to me. I pray, I pray that my house is filled with people that love Jesus. And so we're going to delve into that this morning. Today I want to talk about promises. When talk about promises, you know, promises either they push us further or they mess us up. Because when broken promises come, sometimes it takes our feet from out of us and we never stand up again. And promises are from God. Promises are very important. When I was 16 years old, and there's probably a few things that some of you have heard maybe 10 times. My kids will lift up 10 fingers like, Mom, I heard that 10 times. But you know what? It's who I am. So you're going to have to listen to it 11 times. Um, when I was 16 years old, my dad gave me the best gift he's ever given me. He sat me down and he told me, he said, I want you to write a list out. Take a, he gave me a piece of paper and a pencil. And he said, I want you to write 10 things that you want in your future husband. Because we weren't allowed to date in the cloning house until we were 16. So on my 16th birthday... He said, write down what you want. So, and then he said, turn it over and write out everything that you want them to look like. Well, I spent, you know, I was like, oh, I can, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited. I get to write out, you know, what I want and who I want. And I, you know, went on with life. Of course, I thought the guys were going to be lining up at the door when I was 16. There wasn't a soul there. <laughs> but when the guys started coming, I would bring out the list. And if the check marks didn't go all the way down... That guy got, he, had, he got, you know what, you're done. You don't have all the check marks. So you're done, because this is what my dad gave me. My dad gave me this gift of this is what I want. So don't settle for second best. So when Greg came along, and you have to realize, my father, uh, my father was a gospel singer. Now, in today's world, I'm not sure even this generation would even understand really what that is. But I had a bus come down my road every day and picked him up to take him to his concert that he had to do that night. And sometimes the bus would come down and it would pick him up for six weeks, sometimes a couple months, and he was away. My father was gone a lot doing the gospel singing. Do you get that? Okay. So in my life... I heard my mother, who was a very strong woman, who raised us three girls, mostly by herself. But I heard her sometimes in the bedroom crying because my father was away. So as a 16-year-old, the, the number one thing I didn't want was a guy that could sing. <laughs> that was number one, no singers. So I went off to college, and who did I meet? And start to fall in love with Greg Hollis. And I said, come on, God. You promised me that I didn't have to marry a singer. He said, I didn't promise you that. 
You promised yourself that. I didn't promise you that. You can't believe what this man is going to bring you. But you're going to let something stand in the way? A promise that you made to yourself? And you see, there is so much, so many times in life that we think up things in our mind and then it's by God. And we miss out on some of the most unbelievable things because God didn't do what we thought he needed to do. I would have missed living a life with this man who has loved me through all of my ugly, through all of my pretty, through all of my loud, through all of my obnoxiousness. He has loved me through that. God chose him for me. And I almost said no because he could sing. But I said yes. Because I said, you know what? Okay, so I made him promise that he would never want to travel. Now, you, all, you, don't, you don't really understand my... But I made him promise because I said, listen, if we marry, don't ever, you're not ever allowed to, to leave me and travel. When he asked me to, right before he asked me to marry him, I gave him a gift. And he opened up the gift, and inside the gift was the list that had every check mark all the way down. Now, my father was 6'5", so I thought I needed to marry a 6'5", but he was 6'3", he was close enough. And so every check mark was all the way down. I gave him the gift, and I said, guess what? <laughs> you win. <laughs> you get me for the rest of your life. And I would have missed out on all of life with him because of the promise that I made myself that I attached to God. You see, God's word is full of promises. And God does do promises. And so I want to I go there. And Brandon, if you'll get ready, I want to go through some of these promises that, um, that we, we've all we live by them. I mean, you've heard them how many times? The first one is Jeremiah 29. We live by that promise. This is what the Lord says, starting in verse 10. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will call you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to the place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to what? Prosper you. Oh, I love that promise. And not to harm you, declares the Lord. Plans. To give you hope and a future. Love, 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 love. But then listen. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Oh, but God, we just like to promise. Just bring me all those things. But oh, I have to have heart in it? Ah, oh, bummer. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. This is one of my favorites. I have lived by this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Oh, there's that word again, heart. Ugh. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, 
And he will show you which path to take. How many times do we just want to do life? Oh, God, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. But he doesn't say that. He says, I will do that. But you got to love me with all your heart. Ah! Matthew 6.33. This has been in every card that Greg's mom and dad have given us in 38 years of marriage and every birthday. She has written this verse down in our cards but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Hello. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Seek first the kingdom of God. What? I got to do that again? You mean I got to go to church? I got to do what? You know, what Pastor Greg and what Pastor Isaiah, they all, they all tell me I have to live so sometimes crazy. I have to do that. I have to love the Lord with all my heart. Yeah, but you, but you want the promises. See, promises mess us up. Because there's so many of us that we don't want to do what we got to do in order to get the promises from God. It's just the way life goes. We want to live like we want to live, but we don't want to do what God has. <clears throat> Love. So what happens when the promises don't happen the way that you think they need to happen? Now, I stand before you. I was a naughty, little, I was a naughty pastor's wife for about a week and a half because I knew I needed to speak today. But you see, to this week, this week, three years ago, it's down to this exact week, three years ago, I had major surgery for tongue cancer. This week, I'm celebrating three years in the past. Yes. Now, I know, I know who I am, I know all that stuff, but I also know who I am, on, and I'm not looking up at that big screen, because I know what I look like, and I know what I sound like. I know y'all are like, oh, you're beautiful, you're beautiful. Oh, shut up. It's like, I know, I know who I am, I know what I am, and I, so when it came time for Mother's Day, Greg said, are you girls going to do your thing? And I knew in my mind, in my heart, I needed to speak today. But I said, I don't want to, because I know what that is. And you see, sometimes, well, I was called out by my daughter-in-law. Brittany called me, and she said, you know, Mom. I went, oh, brother, here it comes. <laughs> she said, you know, Mom, that it probably should be just you. I said, no, 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 Brittany, it needs to be you and me and Allie and Ashley. We'll go and we'll do our panel. You know, we got it all down and everything will be fine. But the whole time, I could not come up with any. She said, well, what are we going to do? And I said, I don't know. She said, exactly, because it needs to be you. I went, shoot fire. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So from the very start of this whole thing, God has divined appointment of promises because all of a sudden all that came into my life was but Christy you live on the promises of God 
and yet you're not willing to speak on Mother's Day, but you're living in the middle of your promise. I'm being very open with you today. I'm very, I'm being very, I'm trying to be very transparent. Um, three years ago, when I was diagnosed with tongue cancer, radically changed my life. When, when I first uh, got the diagnosis, uh, we have Dr. Joe in this house that has done thousands of the same surgery that they were getting ready to do on me. And he came to me one Sunday and he said, Christy, he said, you're going to want to die. I said, oh, can't you candy coat that a little bit? <laughs> Is Dr. Joe here? Okay. Good, I can talk about him. He's probably watching though, so. But uh, he said, Christy, you're, you're going to hell and back. He said, this is a very tough surgery. And he said, this surgery lets me know that the enemy would like to take your voice away from you. Because it's the spot in your tongue that should deform you and take away your voice forever. And, you know, as you're standing there and you're receiving this, I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, uh, okay. So I went to Greg and I said, Greg, don't let me be around Dr. Joe again. Because I don't like what he's telling me. So just keep him away. When you see him coming, go the other way. I will tell you, that man walked through with me and held me. And yes, he did tell me the truth. But it, then I had no fear. Because I knew what was coming. Because when I woke up from that surgery, and I had the trach, I had the feeding tubes, my mouth was this big. And I heard my children at the end of my bed Say, and they didn't, you know, I was in and out, and I, when I woke up and I saw all this, and I couldn't talk, and all these things, and I heard my kids say, Dad, you need to spend the night. I went, oh, dear Jesus, I'm dying. <laughs> because Greg doesn't spend the night in the hospital. And I said, this is major. He's going to spend the night. So when I went back under, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, go ahead, you can take me. Greg will be fine. He, there's a lot of women that he can marry and, you know, it's just, he's great. You don't have, I don't, my kids will take care of him. My kids are great. They've all, they're married. They're good. My grandkids. So God, let's make a pact. I don't want to do this. I don't. This is, this is worse. I didn't know it was going to be this bad. So, you know what, God, let's, let's, let's just move on. Heaven looks really good. It looks really good. And the next thing I knew, I woke back up, and I was still there. I said, come on. No, you didn't hear me. He said, no, you can't talk. <laughs> I went through a journey. I went through a journey of that, of that operation with my tongue cancer that I want to go back and explain to you why I'm standing here today after all this in my, in my weakness, he is made strong. And let me, let me tell you why. Because, see, promises come in different ways. And God does bring promises. His promises are in the word. And in order to get the promises in the word, you've got to do your heart. You've got to make sure your heart is in tune to receive God's promises. And, but in the middle of all this, he does bring you your own promise. 
Two weeks before I had surgery, I had a divine appointment in this church. I want to tell you about it. We were, at that time, we were having two services. After the first service, so, you know, during that time, and let me just tell you, if you're sick, don't you ever not give God the chance to heal you. I don't care if you've been at this altar a thousand times. Yeah. Who, did, who just said that the other night? Was it Tim or Law? If you, if you need to do it for a thousand and one, and that's when God heals you, praise God, you went down there for the thousand and one time. Anyways, I was at this altar every time. I mean, I, and I was on so much Percocet that you think I'm bad now. You should see me with the Percocet. But as I came down at the end of service, we had prayer time. And at the end of the prayer time, uh, Richie Reinheimer came up to me and he said, Christy, he said, I just, he said, this is a little odd. He said, but I just feel like when I was praying for you that it's a pimple and it's going to pop and go away. I went, okay. Okay, Richie. All right. You know, I mean, what do you do with that? It's a pimple and it's going to pop. Okay. So the next service came, and we did it. And, of course, at the end of the service, we had another prayer time, and Christy was right there because I said, I'm going there as much as I can. Church was over. It was done with. The Richie, Richie thing was in my mind, but it was done. And here comes Diane Smack. She comes walking up to me, and she goes, Christy, this is a little weird. I went, Okay. I'm into weird. She said, she said, I, I had a vision when I was praying for you. I said, okay. She said, I, I'm almost, I, I almost don't want to tell you because it's a little weird. I said, okay, well, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. She said, I had a vision. And she said, in the vision, she said, it was a pimple. And it popped. And it was gone. I went, wait, 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 what? What did you say? The exact words that Richie had said an hour before she said. So it went from, okay, to, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Okay. So for two weeks, I can't tell you the amount of times I looked in the mirror and I had my mouth wide open. I'm like, Greg, look, it's coming to a head. I know it's coming to a head. Look, 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 look. It's coming to a head. I can see it in there. It's changing. The pimple's going to pop. Well, it went all the way to surgery day. And if I was on that gurney, I made the nurse look in there. I made the technician, the anesthesiologist came in. I made the anesthesiologist look in my mouth, say, look, is it a pimple yet? Because it's supposed to pop. And they're, so by this time now, they're like, Okay, the weird lady in E7, she thinks it's a pimple and it's going to pop. So don't go in her room because she's going to make you look in her mouth. So as the gurney's pulling me and so as the families, you know, they're all saying, goodbye, mom, goodbye. I'm like, it's a pimple and it's going to pop. I mean, it was just like, it's, this is going to happen. So as I'm pulled into the, with the gurney and the doctor's in there, you know, and Dr. Weinstein, he's not real sure about me. Anyway, and, uh, but he's the best in the best. And so he comes in. I said, Dr. Weinstein, before they put that 
but that stuff in me that's making me go to sleep, and I was already really loopy. He said, I said, please look at my mouth, because it's supposed to be a pimple, and it's supposed to pop. He went, yeah, yeah, and he looked at the guy, and he goes, put her under. <laughs> I said, no, 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 look, 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 look at my mouth. So he went over there and looked, and he said, put her under, hurry, put her under. Well, when I woke up, let me just tell you, there was a lot of me that said, my promise never came through. And let me tell you, there are a lot of you that are living right in that spot today. Your promise hasn't come through. You see, God's not in a box. God doesn't work in a box. You put God in a box, he will kick that box out and do something that is so beyond you, you can't even fathom. And he was getting ready to do that with me. Because you see, I love God. I love people. And all of a sudden, I couldn't eat. I couldn't drink. I couldn't, I couldn't speak. I had this tray coming out. And Greg, he became my doctor and nurse. And we had to go home with my trach, and he had to help me clean it and do it. He could have killed me. If he really wanted to be me done, he could have just taken, taken that trach a little bit further and got, oh, I'm so sorry, Christy. Boop. <laughs> done. But guess what? He didn't. And I'm louder now than I've ever been. So let me tell you about this. So I, I came out, and I had to do life. I, I had to do it. I had to learn how to eat. I had to learn how to talk. I knew that for the rest of my life. And Dr. Joe told me, he said, you'll probably have a speech impediment forever. And I went, okay, nothing like, you know, and I have grandkids that are learning how to talk. You know, Roman's trying to learn. Anchor's trying to learn. So all three of us, we all have a little bit of a speech impediment. And we're all doing this together. And I'm almost 60 years old. So life is good. Two weeks after my surgery, I was at home. And um, something wasn't right. Something wasn't right with my surgery. And my surgery, uh, you can't, it's really gone really well. But they took my arm. And uh, they took a big hunk. And I asked them to save my tattoo because I said, listen, I am a grandma. My, my grandchild is Down syndrome. So we all have a cro an extra uh, plus sign because he has an extra chromosome. Okay? But... You realize what it took for Mookie and Kookie to go to the tattoo parlor and get that tattoo? I looked at him and I said, I'm not doing that again. So you can't, he wanted to take this out. I said, you can't get rid of my tattoo because I'm only doing that once. He said, all right, I'll do it down here. So he took a big hunk of that and that is inside my mouth as my tongue. Okay, I don't want to show you because it's graphic and, you know, nothing like Sunday morning graphic time. But I have... My scar is from my ear down here. This is my scar. So this was all open. And all of a sudden, two weeks into my surgery, and I'm not trying to get gory, okay? But I'm, I am trying to be real, okay? Um, life is an all hunky-dory. Sometimes life, sometimes life is pretty crappy. And I never let my kids say that. But guess what? It's a great word when you just don't know what else to say. My scar all of a sudden became something that wasn't right. And Greg took a picture of it and sent it to Dr. Joe. And Dr. Joe said, oh, Chris, uh, Greg, please get her to the ER right away. 
Now, I'd already been to the ER a week before because something happened. Oh, it was, it was crazy. I got, anyways, I got deathly sick, and I had to go back, and they had to put the feeding tube back down, and I wasn't asleep, and it was just an awful, you know, they take it, they stitch it up in your nose. They take, anyways, yeah. So, um, I've already been to the ER. Now, the ER at Penn, you have to go through the metal detectors to even get in it. It's like a third world country. And everybody is doing their thing in the ER. And so by this time, Dr. Joe said, she needs to go back to the ER. I looked at Greg and I said, are you serious? And he said, listen, Christy, it's Saturday night and I'm preaching in the morning. So we got to make this quick. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So we get down. He, of course, it's crowded down there. Every, everybody was at the ER on that Saturday night. And so it was, there wasn't even a chair that was available. He said, you know what you're doing, right? He said, I'll just drop you off. Since you've already been there, you already know what you're doing. And he, he was very caring. It's not that he wasn't very caring. But I didn't know what I'm doing. I'm like, yeah, drop me off. You go park. Come on in when, you're, when you find the parking. So I walk in. Okay, the place is crowded as anything. And I'm standing there. So I go up and do my paperwork, you know. And I come back and I sit down. And this is a little gruesome, but I want you to get this. I came back to sit down, I'm all by myself filling out the form, and all of a sudden, my entire neck exploded. And it came, it went everywhere. And all of a sudden, where we had hours in front of us, the entire staff came running. Oh, 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 uh, sit down in the wheelchair, we gotta get you right back. I mean, they were wheeling me back as I'm just, I'm just, I don't know how else to explain it without being gruesome, but I'm just exploding. It's all, it's everywhere. And so they take me back. I'm in the room and they, you know, they find out who I am, whatever. And the nurse comes right back immediately and goes, you're not going to believe this, but the surgeon that did you, he's never in here on Saturday night at this time, but he happens to be two floors upstairs. He will be right down. I went, of course he will. <laughs> By this time, and can you open this, Lanny? Here. Uh, By this time, Greg is, uh, he come, walks in, he walks in, he can't find me. He's thinking, oh my goodness, she didn't make it. Where is she? Where is she? And so they bring him in. He goes, where are you? What's going on? What are you doing? And he sees all this, you know, every, he's like, Oh, my goodness. So we're both sitting there. We don't know what in the world is before us. I have had two weeks of very traumatic things going on in my life. And I, I laid there in the bed, and I'm like, you know, God, I'm a strong woman, but guess what? I'm done. I'm done. If they're going to do any more needles and all that up my nose and all this stuff, I, I'm, I don't know how much more I can do. And so we're sitting there, and the surgeon, he comes in. He's a really cool guy. He comes in, and he comes over to my bed. And guess what he says? Remember my bed, and he goes, oh, well, it was like a pimple in a pot. I think it's all gone. 
I went, what? What'd you just say? He said, it's like, it was like a pimple. And it all popped. I think it's all gone. My promise. Because you see, God knew that I would live every single day wondering if my cancer was back. He knew. Now, he, for some reason, he let me go through the cancer and he let me have this for the rest of my life. And, and you know what? I'm really, I'm okay. I, I've done well. I've learned how to eat again. I put back on all my weight. I have, I've learned how to talk to the best of my ability. Sometimes I get uh, a little, like I am right now. I need some more. Because my arm, you know, when your arm gets wet or gets, you know, it gets very dry. Because I don't have a tongue in there on this side. It's my arm. But I am armed and dangerous now. <laughs> but it's... Anyways, yeah, I could go a lot of places, but I won't. Um, so that night, my promise came through. God said, I promised you I would take care of you. Now, it didn't look like anything else I could ever, I never thought I'm going to do a tongue surgery. I'm going to have tongue cancer. My promise is going to come through a statement that it's a pimple and it's going to pop. Who has a promise like that? Diane will go to her grave knowing she was my part of my promise. It was all about a pimple. So let me tell you. Let me go back on the other side of the promise. If God is telling you something to tell somebody and you don't do it, you could be the one that's not giving the promise to the person. Because if Diane and Richie didn't say what they needed to tell me, I wouldn't even know what that statement, that statement would have meant nothing to me at the hospital. But it was my promise that I stand before you today saying, my God is in charge. Am I 100% perfect? No. No, there are most, a lot of times I just stick my finger in my mouth and move my food over because I can't swallow from, the, I mean, just crazy stuff. But guess what? I can eat. I can eat. And I can talk. And there's a lot of me that says, yeah, Satan, you tried to get me down, but you don't got me today. And I will do more damage to your kingdom than you ever thought possible. Because you tried to take me out, but guess what? You didn't take me out. Second Samuel. And I love this word. I love this line. I'll close with this. <laughs> yeah, right. Second Samuel, and if you did not get a fly swatter, uh, please raise your hand. And ushers, can you just look around to see if anybody did not, uh, a woman, if, or if you're a girl in this place, and you did not get a fly swatter, Drew will make sure you get one because you're going to need it for where we're going. Second Samuel, during the reign of David, there was a famine for three successive years. So David sought the face of the Lord. The Lord said, it is on account of Saul and his blood-stained house. It is because he put the Gibeonites to death. The king summoned all the Gibeonites and said to them, what am I going to do to get the blessing of the Lord back? What can I do? 
The Gibeonites are like, hey, I don't, we don't want silver and gold. We don't want, we don't want all the money and everything. Saul destroyed us. And King David's like, yeah, but I need the blessing of God back. Now, let me tell you why I'm going to this story. It's another divine appointment. I was laying in bed when I knew I was going to speak, and I said, God, my favorite message in all of Mother's Days that I could have ever heard in my life was when Greg spoke about Rizba. It was my favorite thing. I tell him all the time. Every, every Mother's Day, I'm like, Greg, talk about Rizba again. It was my favorite thing. So I went to bed, then I went, I went to sleep and woke up the next day. And I get this phone call from Debbie. She, you know, she called me. She goes, hey, Christy, do you, uh, do you know what you're speaking on yet? I said, nah. I said, I got a few things. I said, I know I'm going to talk about promises and blah, 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 blah. And she goes, hey. She goes, you ever hear the story about Rizba? <laughs> I said, what? She goes, you ever hear the story about Rizba? I said, yeah, I did. She goes, man, I said, great. I said, okay, God. Okay, so we're going to Rizba. So, so King David says, what can we do? And the Gibeonites said, well, we don't want, we don't want silver and gold. We don't want all that. We want, we were, we, they tried to annihilate us. So give us seven of King Saul's people. Uh, what, is, what is the word? Sons. Give us seven of his sons. We're going to kill them and show them to the entire city, that, and then God will bless us. So here's Rizba. Rizba was King Saul's, he, she was one of King Saul's concubines. Now back in the day, to be a concubine, it was, a, it was, it was great. Like, it was an honor to be a concubine. So she did. It was great. She had two sons by King Saul, and life was great. You know, now King David was in there, and she was, she was doing life. And all of a sudden, one day, they came knocking on her door. Excuse me, Rizba. We need your sons. Oh, what for? We're going to kill them, and we're going to let the whole city watch them die. We're going to put them up in front of everybody because we need the blessing of the Lord back. Because King Saul tried to take all the Gibeonites away. Oh, okay, you can have my sons. What? You're going to do what? Yeah, and we're also taking King Saul's daughter's five sons. So there's seven of them that we're going to kill today, and we're going to, we're going to hang them up in front of the city to watch. So this is what happened. Rizba gave her two sons. Well, she didn't give them. They took her two sons to bring the blessing of God back. Rizba did nothing wrong. She was a mom who loved her sons. She was promised back in the day of being a mom. All of that came with all of this. And all of a sudden, her sons were being killed and put exposed to the entire city side. What did Rizba do? Down at verse 10. She took sackcloth and spread it out for herself on a rock. From the beginning of the harvest till the rain poured down from the heavens. This is, it started probably in April when they did the harvest, and the rains didn't come until probably October. So this is for not just a week. 
This is for months. She came out and she put down her sackcloth on the rocks. And it says here, and I'm not reading all of these names because I tried to read them this week until Greg and I were laughing with tears because I couldn't say the word mafib, whatever it is. Try to say it with a speech impediment. It doesn't work. When... From the beginning, she did not let the birds, so from the beginning of the harvest till the rain poured down on the heavens, on the bodies, she did not let the birds touch them by day or the wild animals by night. This is why you got a fly sweater. <laughs> Last year, you got a cute little plant. Yeah, this year you got a fly sweater. This now becomes your promise fighter. Kill those flies. Kill those spiders. Kill those things that stand in your way between your promise and life. Because can't you just picture Rizba? Sitting there on the, on the stones on a piece of sackcloth. And those birds came down and she's like, hey, 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 get away. Not today. And don't you know, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the birds fly over. But, I mean, when they come, they come. And they mean business. And, I mean, she was, she was going. And at night, all those scary animals, she had to be up. And she was, hey, get away from here. You can't have my sons today. You can't have who they are. You can't have their bodies. Not today. And she did that day and night. Day and night she fought for her sons' bodies. That nothing would come against them. Nothing and nobody would come against her sons. So I stand here today saying I wanted to go with the promises of God. Those promises that have gotten in our way. Because you see, there are so many of us that this line, that I, I just. We love, we love to go to those that are drowning themselves for help. Those are the people we go to. Those people that are drowning themselves. We let the broken people pour into us, around us, and they rob us of our joy. Let me just tell you, God's promises today are alive and well. But you have to fight sometimes. Sometimes they don't look like the way that you want them to look. I stand here today, I'm three years a cancer survivor. I go next week, and you know, in two weeks, to get my MRI. They have to put IVs in me. They have to do that, and I have to go down and get the good report. Oh, no cancer here. Of course there's no cancer. The pimple popped. I tell that to Dr. Weinstein. He's like, yeah, okay. Mm -mm. <laughs> what promises have not come true yet for you? And you are still fighting for the promises. What things are you batting away from the promises of God? Hey, 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 hey. Ah! Not today. 
broken. I, I, live, I stand here today with a lot of broken relationships right now in my life. Don't you know I wake up every day going, hey, get away from my family. Not today. Sounds better. You can't have them today. The times that, my fi- that our finances aren't in sync. No! God promised me. He promised me that my inheritance would come. I prophesied to my promise to my finances, you will come alive. I prophesied in my body, you will live. And you will live strong. Now when I get a cold, I go in there and say, hey, you know, I only have half a tongue, so I need medicine right now. It works every time. There are those of you in this room that you keep waiting for the promises of God. But you have not given him your whole heart. And yet you live every day waiting for the promises of God to show up. And yet you'll leave the house, this house, and you'll go right back to your old ways. You'll live in sin. You'll do your, you'll do your sex before marriage. You'll do your, your whatever it is. You'll, you'll do life the way you want to do it. You'll choose second best for your relationships. You don't find yourself worthy. Not today. Not today. God says, I have called you, daughter. You are mine. But you haven't given him your whole heart. Miss Judy, if you'd come. As mama of this house, my number one prayer for you is that you would have a hundred percent desire to want all of Jesus that you can possibly get. Because the last thing says in Isaiah 40, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strengths. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. God wants you. He doesn't want a little bit of you. He doesn't want half of you. He doesn't want your, you just to think that you can do good deeds and it's all over. He wants your heart. His promises are there. His promises are there for us. He's a good God. He wants us to thrive. 
But he's a very jealous God. He wants all of you, not just a little bit of you. Before we close, I have two things of business to take care of. Number one, there are those in this room that you've got to get your heart right from God. And you know what? Okay, no big deal. Get it right. Because God is coming back. And I don't want you sitting on my watch and not be able to go for eternity in heaven. I don't want that. When God comes back and that, that sky separates and the trumpet sounds and he comes to return to bring us home, I want this church to be empty. Not one person left in this community. So, where you at today? Where you at? Where's your heart? We do everything in this church out, out open. If you want Jesus today, full heart, I want you to come right now. We have those that are waiting for you to come and will join you. But I don't want you to mess around. Today, don't mess around. You need Jesus, your whole heart. You got, you got a little bit of your heart that's not his. You know what? Today is full heart. Full heart. Full heart today. Who are you? Come. I, I, I know this isn't easy, but guess what? If you want Jesus, he's here waiting for you. He's here waiting for you. let the enemy use this to swat away the presence of God because God is fighting for you he's fighting for you and as mom today I'm saying please come let God be God let God be God just stand to your feet this morning. Ladies, I want you to take your fly swatter. This is your battle. I want you to put this in a place in your home that you can see it all the time. Because I want this to remind you that you're fighting the battle. You're fighting the battle as Rizba says, nothing's going to get in the way of my kids. I fight for them. Nothing's going to get in the way of what I'm trying to accomplish for God. This is your fighting weapon. Maybe you need this to proclaim, I will and I am. I will and I am. And if that's you this morning, I want you to come down to this altar. Bring your fly swatter. I will and I am. Bring your fly swatter. Allow God to say, I will. I'm going to fill this thing up because I am fighting. I am fighting for what I, I have been promised. 
And I am not letting go of what God has promised to me. It doesn't look normal, but I am fighting for it. I am not letting the enemy take one more day of my joy, of my peace. I declare it that I am I'm fighting. I'm fighting. Nothing is standing in my way. Life doesn't look all that hunky-dory right now, but guess what? It is. It will. It's just around the corner. Now, God's corner might look a little different than your corner, but if you stand in the middle of who God is, giving Him your whole heart, does promise as you seek first the kingdom of God he will show up I promise you that so take your fly swatter and I want you to declare I know it's a fly swatter my goodness I get it but I wanted to signify today that you aren't going to let anything or anybody stand in your way of what God has for you and if you have to go home in the privacy of your living room, if you have to do some swatting, then go home and do it. And let God reign today. Let God reign today. Father God, I pray for every one of these women. I pray, God, that you would pour out. I pray, Lord, that you would fill up. I pray, God, that every promise that is in this house, the promises that have messed us up, the promises that haven't been fulfilled. The promises that we know are still there. The promises that maybe aren't even God's. It's promises that we put on God. All of those today. We give them to you. But we stand in fighting position. To say, God, give us what we need. Give us what we need to have backbone that will not bend. Help us to stand strong in our weakness. Hmm. Oh, Father. I thank you, Father.